Alright, so this is currently being recorded on a Monday. Uh, Sorry for the late episode tonight, guys. Uh, I know it's pretty late. It is currently 9 p.m. Monday, April 20th. So I do hope that most of your guys' days was good. Um, To everyone who watches this video. I'm not sure who, but to anyone who does, I hope you guys had a great day, um, or having a great night, wherever you guys are, I really don't know, but, um, yeah, so, what was I gonna say, oh yeah, so, I, um, I got some stuff for today. But before I, I say that stuff, I wanted to quickly get into how you guys can kind of help the podcast grow a little bit. Um, at the end of each episode, if you guys like what you hear, would you guys please do me a favor if you guys can and uh, kind of share my videos around? Uh, that would definitely be appreciated. So, like, after this one, if you guys really, really enjoyed it, and you guys think other people that you would recommend would enjoy it, too, um, if you guys could quickly and please share this around, you know, uh, if you guys use my link, anchor.fm forward slash Anthony Dash McCulley, you guys use that link, um, there is a like and a follow, I don't know if there's a like, but I know there's a follow button. Uh, if you guys just quickly kind of were to hit that for me, please, I would definitely appreciate that. Uh, and then just kind of share the whole podcast around as in general. That would definitely be appreciated. And if you guys wanted to, I know that there's a voice act, uh, voice message feature on there, excuse me, voice message feature that isn't always the greatest. Uh, I've had people send me stuff on there already, and it doesn't work a whole, it doesn't work a lot that great for me. Um mainly because it's just a little bit easier to get for me to get to my social medias and I can give you guys I can give you guys those right now um so on Facebook it is my main page is Anthony McCully my and then the podcast is the Anthony McCully podcast on on Facebook all uh, you guys can if you guys wouldn't mind going over there Going to both of those and kind of just giving them a follow, that would definitely be appreciated. Uh, Twitter is at Anthony, the A is capitalized in A for the A. And then 1306-3410. Again, it is at Anthony, 1306-3410. And Instagram is McCully Anthony, last name, first name, uh, all lowercase. So if you guys wouldn't mind to uh, kind of go like all of those and follow them. I'll definitely make sure to follow some of you guys back and stuff, so I'd be definitely be appreciated if you guys could do that for me. Um, well, as far as today's episode goes, I kind of made... Now, Grant, there's not a whole lot going on, and I understand that. Um, I did come up with something to talk about today. I, I did come up with... So I, I made I was just kind of bored and looking around today because I didn't know what to really make for today's episode. I was genuinely just I was just flat out 
I just didn't know what to do, essentially. So what I kind of came up with was an idea to do a 2019 league leader kind of chart. So, for example, um, I got the top five guys for each category. I got the top five guys for... um, I got, you know, I got... The categories I got are for passing, for league-leading passing yards, uh, rushing yards, and then I got receiving yards, and then I got defensive tackling, defensive tackle stat leaders, and then I got sack leaders, and then the last one I have is, um, the last one I got here is interception leaders. So I, I kind of just came up with a 2019 league-leading top five type of list, I guess you would say, where each category has five guys. Now, I, I was going to... The reason why I kind of brought this up is... The reason why I'm kind of doing this is because I want to go through... The main objective, essentially, what this was, I want to go through... I want to read off all of the guys in all the categories from the guys that led last season. And then I want to see, and then I'm going to talk about whether or not I think these guys will end up making it again in the 2020 season. So essentially it's me talking about whether or not, let's say, Dak Prescott is on it last year, will he make and then at the end of it all I'll talk about if he's gonna make it again for the twenty twenty season. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah. That's kinda how that's gonna go. Um again, not a whole lot to talk about today. Um but this will be the last thing. I do have a couple of other things, minor news to talk about. Uh not a whole lot. Like I said, I got like I don't know one or two things to actually talk about other than this. So I will just quickly kind of bring all that stuff up. I guess I kind of have like three things technically. I have that. Uh, and then I have two other things. So the first thing that won't take the longest is... Well, actually, hold on. I, I, I guess more things kind of are coming in here. So apparently... Essentially today, because today's the 20th, so I am currently seeing an article that I did not read yet about the 49ers possibly being able to move some first-round picks and wide receiver Chris Goodwin. Um... Oh, wait. Hold up. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me go back. Am I saying his name right? Is that his name, Chris? I swear. I am 
I thought maybe. Am I saying his name right? I really don't know. Is that Chris Godwin? Is that Chris Goodwin? I swear I'm saying his name wrong. I feel like I am. That's not that's not his name, is it not? Excuse me. I always get those two mixed up. I always get Chris Godwin and Marquise Goodwin mixed up. My bad. Marquise Goodwin. Excuse me for that. Sorry about that, guys. So, the 49ers could move first-round picks and wide receiver Marquise Goodwin. Now, I'm not sure at all how the 49ers plan on kind of taking this because, I mean... They did make the Super Bowl. Um, granted, they didn't win it, but they did make it. I don't know how much you really want to try and mix up this team. Like I know that after winning a, you know, after having a Super Bowl winning team, you know, most teams want to try and hang on to uh, as many of those pieces as possible. Now. Whether the 49ers are going to try and move first-round picks to move up into the draft, that could be crucial. Uh, that, that could be definitely something. And they could be looking to get rid of Marquise Goodwin into the draft. Like, they could be looking for a draft day trade. So, I'll definitely make sure to keep an eye on that to see if anything kind of happens. I'll keep make sure to keep an eye on Marquise Goodwin and just in general what the San Francisco 49ers do. Because I, I really don't think that at this point, I feel like right now, the 49ers have a good thing going for them. And for the first time in a long time, actually, they actually have a great offensive line. Um, they haven't had one in a whole lot, a whole, whole lot recently. Uh... But this past season, their offensive line was extraordinary. I was, I was pleasantly surprised with how that team, you know, really did. Now, I guess the one thing I could kind of say for the 49ers is, as far as, you know, you got a young, you know, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo. You look at how young he is. Now... A guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, he did learn behind Tom Brady back in New England. Now, with that being said, it's most likely that, you know, it's most likely that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't going to be as nervous on the field or as jittery on the field as most young guys like him are. Um, now, granted... Every game day, Tom Brady might be, you know, he's a freaking legend. Every, I'm sure every game he's got some sort of jitter, but not enough to where, oh, it's going to affect him on the field. Like, he lives in that moment. He knows, you know, he knows when it's time to play. He knows when to put that kind of stuff aside. He knows how to control it. Uh, I feel like being behind Tom Brady for about three to four years is definitely enough time where he could probably he could have probably have adjusted to that, and maybe he's not so nervous, and on the field as most guys that hit that young are. 
Now, granted, he might still be, but my point being with this is, you know, and I'm not trying to get too far off topic here, but, you know, my, my point being is, even though he might not be as jittery on the field as most young guys are, most young quarterbacks are, his around his age, although that could be true, I still think that it's got to affect him that his weapons aren't the best. He's got weapons. They're really, really good. There you could always have better. Now, I guess the one other thing I could be thinking of here is, is it possible that the 49ers try and move up into the draft? Because here, here in this article, they don't really say, you know, they just say 49ers could move first-round picks. They don't say how. They just say they could move first-round picks. So what I'm guessing is, and I don't know this 100%, you know, for sure, but what I'm guessing is they could be trying to move up into the draft to pick someone as early as possible. Um, Obviously, when you make the Super Bowl, your likelihood of getting a very early pick is obviously very low. And there's this really, really, I think, I believe they have pick 14 or 15 in the draft. Um, and then they got another one, like 20 something. I'd have to look back at that again, but yeah. So I kind of wanted to just talk about that real fast. I, I, I don't know. I'm going to stand for now. I would say right now, I know that there's enough time to where I could easily change my mind, but I think as of the moment, I think at how it stands right now, I'm going to keep my stance as the way it is right now and just say that I think it's safe to say that the 49ers might be trying to move up into the draft to try and pick someone early. So they obviously got their eyes on someone. And then they might. And then look out for the. look. Excuse me. Look out for the Niners to move Marquise Goodwin on draft day. But I'll definitely make sure to keep an eye on that. As Thursday kind of rolls around. Um, but yeah. So that was the first thing there. But yeah definitely let me know. What you guys think about that. Because I think. It's something's possible. You never know. I do think that's possible. Uh, also, something I didn't see earlier is an article on the NFL official website. The Broncos are considering moving up to draft the top wide receiver. Now, when you say that, you obviously have to have an eye on someone. So I'm just going to kind of read some snippets of this article real fast. Um... So it goes on to say that, uh, so heading into the 2020 draft, there's been surging expectation that the projected top three receiver prospects in Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, and Henry Ruggs III will be off the board before the 15th pick. Now, I'm just going to stop it right there. I have heard some rumors that C.D. Lamb could possibly end up being a Bronco. I did hear some stuff about that, about 
I believe it was about a month ago. Um, I did hear stuff about C.D. Lamb possibly, you know, there's rumors about C.D. Lamb possibly being drafted by the Broncos. Um, yeah, I guess I'm not all that surprised that the Broncos are trying of this because they do need a lot of help. Um, obviously their quarterback situation, they released Joe Flacco after one season. Uh, they don't have the best of quarterbacks. Now, the reason why they'd be going after a top wide receiver is, well, A, they have nothing to lose, and B, they need they need some top wide receiver talent in order to make this team have a good chance at at least winning games. Because uh, the way I see it right now is if Denver can get a top pick in the draft, like a big name in the draft as a wide receiver, I, I guarantee right now that they're not going to win a whole lot of games off of that because you're not going to win games off of just one guy. Everyone has to play well. But not only that, I guarantee you that they're going to be pretty hyped. You know, pre, you know they're going to be, like most teams, I guarantee you they're going to be overly hyped, you know, overhyped entering the season. Uh, yeah. We'll see what happens, though. Uh, as of the moment, I don't have a whole lot there, but those are just a couple names. But definitely make sure for, C but definitely check out CD Lamb and see what you guys think of them. Um, I guess a couple other things to talk about is, well, one thing, not a whole lot, but the giant, the, excuse me. The new look Patriots will roll out some new uniforms. So last year, the uh, or not last year, but uh, in recent years, the Patriots, as you know, their color rush jersey. Uh, the concept for that color rush is now going to be officially used for their home and away jerseys. So the home jersey is literally going to just be the color rush jersey. And the away one's going to have the same stripes on it, but it'll be white. So it's going to look really, really cool. Um, I'm excited to see them in real life. I cannot wait. And I guess... Um, I kind of want to look at this real fast. There is a couple other things. I'm running into this article right now. Four efficient draft trades involving high-value picks. Now, I actually think this is kind of interesting because I actually think that there's a decent amount. You know, I actually think that there's a lot of that going on every single year. This just seems to be a question that pops up every single year. Or not a question, but something that pops up every year. You know, draft draft day trades that happen involving high-value picks. Seems to happen every year. Um, I guess let's kind of look into this to see if there's a whole lot. 
Hmm. So the first thing would be Dolphins secure the QB position. Miami Dolphins would receive a 2020 first round pick, a number three overall, and the Lions would receive a 2020 first round pick, uh, overall number five, and a 2020 second round pick, number 39 overall. Now, who's to say that this would be with the Lions? Is this just... Is this their best shot at... And I guess, like, their chance of... I can't speak. I guess their chance of success would depend on the team that they are trying to trade and deal with here. Okay, if you're trying to deal with the Lions, it might be a little bit easier than most teams. But, um... The Lions are definitely going to be more aware of what they get rid of as they need almost everyone they have. Um, so, let's move on here what it says. Why it works for the Dolphins. Obviously, this deal assumes Cincinnati takes Joe Burrow first overall and Washington selects Chase Young or a non-QB right after. If that scenario plays out, Miami should get on the phone with Detroit ASAP. The Dolphins own 14 total picks in the 2020 draft, including three in round one, numbers 5, 18, and 26, and two in round two, numbers 39 and 56, for the price of one second-round selection. Miami is free to pick their presumative quarterback of the future. While giving up the 39th overall pick to move up just two slots might seem pricey, the Finns still have plenty of draft capital to help bolster the rest of their roster. So, yes, like it says, assuming this would have to mean because once, if if the Bengals do end up taking Joe Burrow first, and that would ha- assuming that would have to happen, the reason why this could not work without uh, Joe Burrow being taken first is because this just it just wouldn't work. You know that number that Joe Burrow needs to be gone first in order for this trade to in order for a swap to happen. Now. I guess I'm just trying to figure out, you know, hmm, I don't know, I guess I might have just messed up something there, I don't know, um, Number two, Vikings trade up for Stefan Diggs' replacement. Minnesota Vikings would receive a 2020 first-round pick, number 13 overall. San Francisco would receive a 2020 first-round pick, number 22 overall. 2020 second-round pick and a 2020 fourth-round pick. The second-round pick would be a 58 overall, and the 2020 fourth-round pick would be a 132. Now... White works for the Vikings with two picks in the first round, numbers 22 and 25. Minnesota can target one of the elite pass catchers in this gifted class. In 65% of my stimu- simulations, 
at least one of the top four consensus wide consensus wide receivers is still available at 13 overall, which is two spots before the receiver ready needy Broncos are on the clock. So I'm just gonna kind of go through here. Jaguars move up to fortify D line. Jaguars would receive a 2020 first round pick. Number 14 overall, and the Bucks would receive a first round pick, 20 overall, and a third round pick, 73 overall. And then the last thing, Ravens get more help for Lamar. Now, with this, now that's actually cool to talk about because with you know this past season with Baltimore, everyone thought they were going to make the Super Bowl. Everyone did. I actually thought they were at one point. The one thing I would say they truly lacked was, you know, that offensive line wasn't always consistent. Um, You know, it seemed like Lamar Jackson had to scramble a lot. Um... So, I guess the help would be maybe a little bit more of a beefed-up offensive line and a little bit more receivers. Um, I would say Baltimore's got a lot of scramble plays for Lamar. Um, And that reason being is they do have really good receivers and tight ends, but in order to kind of balance that out, they would need to beef up the receiving and tight end positions. Obviously, because of the lack of that, they can't really have a whole lot of those kind of plays, so they have a lot of scramble plays. Um, so definitely look look at that coming into the draft. Definitely keep that in mind and see, you know, what happens there. Keep a lot of these things in mind as draft day comes up. But that's done for that article. Um, the main thing I wanted to talk about in this headline stuff was, I saw this today, uh, Jets GM Joe Douglas is addressing the safety Jamal Adams situation, saying that they will connect after the draft. Um, obviously, recently, Jamal Adams' name has been included in a couple trade rumors on separate occasions. Um... But there doesn't seem to be any sort of likeliness that he gets that he gets dealt to any any new team. Um, I guess what it kind of goes on to say is Jets general manager Joe Douglas addressed the situation Monday during a conference call with reporters, telling them the team plans to connect, plans to in quotation, in in quotation. Uh, in quotes, in quote, connect, end quote, with all pro safety after the draft. Uh, per NFL Network's Kimberly Jones, quote, the plan is to keep Jamal here for a long time, end quote, Douglas added. There's an interesting detail included in Douglas's response, though. Uh, quote, going, going into this draft, my goal isn't to move any players. End quote. Again, via Jones. Quote, but if a team calls, 
aka Douglas, will listen. Uh, end quote. So what I take from that is, obviously, they're not going to try and move any player. But if the right card is dealt, and the right situation arises, they're obviously going to make a call. Um, do I blame... Uh, do I blame Joe Douglas for saying that? No, I really don't. You may, you may think I'm crazy by saying, oh, by me saying that, oh, you know, if the right team calls on Jamal Adams and not the right team, if the right situation arises on a Jamal Adams trade, they just might do it. I don't sound, I don't think I sound crazy at all. I think that sounds reasonable, you know? He actually said the right thing there. He doesn't want to deal anyone. But if it comes to that last resort where it's that last opportunity, but it's too good to pass up, he'll do it. Uh, I think that's the mindset any GM should have. You know, the last thing you want to do is is deal anyone away. But that right situation comes along. You kind of just got to go ahead and try it out and see what happens. So I am not. I'm on. I'm on Joe Douglas's side there. I don't. I don't think there's any problem with that at all. Um, so we'll definitely keep an eye on that. But I. I doubt anything will happen. Um, but okay. Finally, moving on into the whole league leading situation I got here. So first off, I got the 2019. Passing 2019 passing stat leaders. First was Dak Prescott. Second was Jared Goff. Third was Philip Rivers. Oh no, excuse me. I messed that up. First was Jameis Winston. Second, Dak. Third, Jared Goff. Fourth, Philip Rivers. Fifth, Matt Ryan. Now, if you go into here and you look at, where is it at? If you go in and look at their numbers, here's how they looked. Now, do I think these numbers will happen again? Probably not. Um... Do I think it's possible? Yeah. But that will all just depend on the offensive lines, how they've changed, and stuff like that. Now, obviously, James Winston not being a Buccaneer anymore, this most likely will not happen again for him. But his yardage just kind of looked like this. He had 5,109 yards in total. No, not only is that a lot, but he's also not going to repeat that. And for that reason, I don't think he's going to end up being back on this list at all next year's, next season. Not only is he not on a team yet, I just don't think he can repeat this. Um, and those 5,000 yards, you can't... <clears throat> excuse me. Those 5,000 yards, you can't really let that... You can't really let that uh, fool you. He did 
throw a lot of interceptions. So you can't let those 5,000 yards fool you, but that is a lot. Um, moving on here, Dak Prescott with 4,902. 4, Jared Goff, 4,638. Philip Rivers, 4,615, and Matt Ryan, 4,466. Now, moving on here, rushing was Derrick Henry. <clears throat> Excuse me. Moving on is the rushing with Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, and Chris Carson. The numbers looked like this Derrick Henry, 1,000. 540. Nick Chubb, 1,494. Christian McCaffrey, 1,387. Ezekiel Elliott, 1,357. Chris Carson, 1,230. Alright. So then the next one would be receiving. The next one you got, first you got Michael Thomas. Then Julio Jones, Chris Godwin, Travis Kelsey, Devontae Parker. The numbers looked like this for them. With Michael Thomas, it was 1,725. Julio Jones, 1,394. Chris Godwin, 1,333. Travis Kelsey, 1,229. Devontae Parker, 1,202. Alright. Moving on here is defensive leaders. For tackles, it is Bobby Wagner, Blake Martinez, Jordan Hicks, Butta Baker, Luke Keekley. The numbers looked like this for them. Bobby Wagner with 159. Blake Martinez, 155. Jordan Hicks, 149. Butta Baker, 147. Luke Keekley, 144. And then moving on to sack leaders now. It looked like this Shaquille Barrett, Chandler Jones, Cameron Jordan, Danielle Hunter, TJ Watt. And then the last category is picks. It looked like it was like this. Stephon Gilmore, Anthony Harris, Tredavious White, Devin McCourty, and Joe Hayden. Alright, so those are all the leaders for the 2019 season in any category, in all those categories. Now, I'm going to move up now, go back up, and I'm going to give my reasoning on why each of them either will or will not. I already said for Jameis Winston, moving on to Dak Prescott. He had 4,902 passing yards. Now, I think they, I think he could. Um, I think he could, if not, do better. Um, you know, last season, the Cowboys had a pass, or had a, not pass heavy, I was about to say pass heavy. They had a balanced offense. Um, it was a mix between a passing and a running. Meanwhile, still being able to put up 4,900 4, yards. I think he could do better than that. 
I think he might do better. I think he probably will do better than that. Um, Jared Goff, 4,638. I think, may, I think now, okay, here's what I think. I think, I think he could probably be on this list again. He might even do better than 4,600. Um, think about it. They did lose Todd Gurley. Um, they don't have a lot at running back. I think this is going to end up being a passing offense next season. Um, normally these high-powered teams are usually pass-heavy teams, so I think the I think he I think he very well could. Uh, moving on here, Philip Rivers, four thousand six hundred fifteen passing yards. He's a, you know. He's a Colt now. Um, I bu- I believe he's a Colt. I th- I'm pretty sure he's a Colt. Let me go back. I don't want to get that wrong. Yep, Colts. Okay, that's what I thought. So, he's a Colt now. Um, that puts, you know, obviously that puts Jacoby Brissett on the bench. Oh, that moves Jacoby Brissett down. I think this Colts team is going to want to see how he is. How he fits into their offense. I think for this season, I think he's going to end up being a... I think they're going to end up being a passing team. So I think he could probably make this list again. Um, Matt Ryan, 4,466. 4, they got Todd Gurley. Uh, they used to be a big passing team. I think with the addition of Todd Gurley, I think they probably will end up being a balanced team. He might make this list again. I'm not. I don't. I. I don't really think so. I think he'll be in the couple. I think he'll be a couple thousand passing yards. I don't think he'll hit four thousand again though. Maybe. Um. If he does, he's definitely not going any past number five on this list. So that's my kind of prediction for him. Moving on into rushing, Derrick Henry with one thousand five hundred four. I'm going to kind of speed this up a little bit because this is going to take a little while. So Derrick Henry, one thousand five hundred forty yards, rushing. Yeah, I think he'll make the list again. Um, he's still a great running back. He's gonna be pat. He's gonna be a run heavy guy next season. Um, I I definitely think he can make this list again. Nick Chubb, yes, one thousand four hundred ninety four. I'm surprised he didn't even get two thousand. I will think he'll make this list again. He definitely will. He's a great running back. He kind of reminds me of a smaller, Legarrett Blunt with how he just the way he can really pound inside. I definitely think he'll make it again. 
Christian McCaffrey, 1,387. This guy is an absolute monster. I do think he can make the list again. He's going to have some competition. I do think he can, though. Um, yeah, Christian McCaffrey is just a great player all around. I really do. And he's a smaller back. So he's he's able to fit into those smaller holes that not a lot of guys can fit into. He kind of reminds me of James White a little bit. Um, yeah, I definitely do think he can make it again. Ezekiel Elliott. 1,357. I think he will. I think he'll probably hit over 1,000 again. I don't know what to really expect out of him. Didn't really watch him a whole lot. But he has had a couple injuries now that I do think might slow him down a little bit more. Um, Definitely just have to watch out for that, I guess. I am not exactly 100% sure. Um... But moving on, Chris Carson, 1,230 rushing yards. Yes, I think he will make it. Uh, Chris Carson, obviously a very mobile, all around just a great running back. He really is. Yeah, I think he'll make it. Receiving yards. Michael Thomas, 1,725. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I I honestly don't think so. Um He is a little bit bigger of a guy. Um He is a bigger wide receiver. He kind of is. I think with Drew Brees getting older, they're going to start looking at him more to... My guess is they're going to start looking to kind of use him as pass blocking more. Um. So no, for that reason, I don't think he will be on this list again. But I do think he'll come close. I don't know if next year he'll be the leader, though. I do think he can make the list, but I don't think he'll be a leader. Like, number one overall. I don't think he'll be number one. Uh, Julio Jones, 1,394. Hell yeah, I think he'll make this list. Um, As high as he is this past season, on the 2019 year, I don't think so. Uh, I think each year he's going to keep getting less. But keep in mind, for Julio Jones' age, yeah, I think that's just very incredible. I think no matter where you put him on this list is an accomplishment considering his age. He's playing just as good as he ever has. He, he He's not like... He's taken a couple steps down, but he's as good as he's always been. He's, he's still just as a threat as he's always been. So for that, I think he will be on this list. Um, uh, I think he'll cut it close. I, I think he'll make it barely. I don't think it'll be by like, by any means killing anyone, but I think he will make the list. Chris Godwin, 1,333. Um, 
No, I don't think so. Um, I think he will be one of Tom Brady's number one guys to go to next year. But um, with how Tom Brady is, he doesn't always just go to that first guy. It, that being, you know, that being Chris Godwin. For that reason, I don't think so. But I think he'll get a lot. I don't think he'll be, be any, by any means, though. I don't think he'll be where he was this past season. I think he might get a little bit less. I think they might start using him more as like a pass as a uh, pass blocker on offense. So, no, I don't think he'll make the list, but I think he'll make it close. Travis Kelsey, 1,020. Yes, he will continue to be one of the top guys on Kansas City's offense. Yes, I think he'll make this list again. I actually think he could pass this past season. Um, Yeah, I think he'll make the list. It's kind of hard to bet out against a guy like Travis Kelsey. The kind of guy he is is just absolutely insane. He's a tank. I think he'll make it. Um, like I said, I don't think he'll destroy anyone getting there, but I think he will make it. Devontae Parker, 1,022. Now, for Devontae Parker, I can't really say a whole lot. I don't watch him a whole bunch. I'm not exactly sure. But I do know that he's a very agile, very quick receiver. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Julian Edelman. Um, with, you know, if you want to put in perspective the size, I, I for that reason, I think he'll make it. I'm not sure, though. I'm going to say he might make it. But you cannot count me against that. You can't count me against that because I just, I don't really know him that well. And I don't, I don't want to say something I don't know. So I'm just going to kind of leave that one up in the air. I'm not 100% sure on that. Defensive leaders now. Um, Bobby Wagner with 159 tackles. He's just as explosive as he's ever been. He's still a very, very great back. Uh, DB. Um, do I think he'll make it? Ooh. Uh, he's a very agile, very quick DB. Uh, very quick linebacker, excuse me. Yeah, I think he'll make it close. I don't know if he'll make the list. But I think he'll make it close. Blake Martinez, 155. Um, I don't know, but I don't really know this guy a whole about a whole lot. I know he is a little bit newer. I'm not sure about this next season, but I'm just gonna leave this one up in the air. Um, yeah, I don't really know this guy a whole lot. He is new, so I don't really know him a whole bunch. But yeah, moving on here, Jordan Hicks with 149 tackles. Yeah, I think he'll make it close. I think he could make it. 
Uh, Jordan Hicks, obviously very, very lethal. A very, very great defensive guy to have on your team. He's a very quick, agile linebacker. Um, you know, look at his numbers. They're pretty impressive. You know, it doesn't seem to, you know, it doesn't seem to matter if it's a win or a loss. He seems to put up incredible numbers, like, each and every game. I think he probably could. Uh, I think he could even top 149, actually. But a Baker. Yeah, I think he'll make it again. Very, very, very great linebacker. Uh, uh, no, no. Excuse me. He's a safety. My bad. I, was, I said the wrong position. Yeah. I think he could make it. Um, I'm not betting real high on this guy considering he's a safety. I know that they tackled too, and they can kind of move him around from a safety to a linebacker. Oh, uh, they could move him around, excuse me, from safety to defensive back. Um, yeah, I think he could come close. I don't know if he'll make the. He, I think he'll come close. Luke Keckley, 144. Um, this is the thing. He's not on a team. Um, I don't know. I'm going to leave that one up in the air. He doesn't, he's not on a team right now, so I can't really say that one a whole lot. I can't really, you know, I can't really say, but I'll leave that one up in the air, I guess. I don't really know for that one. He's not really on a team right now, so it's hard for me to kind of say, but moving on to sack leaders, Shaquille Barrett with 19.5 sacks. Yes, I think he'll make it. Um, That is a lot of, that is a lot for a season. A uh, very, very great linebacker. He, he's incredible. Um, he reminds me of a Trey Flowers type guy. Very, very explosive. Agile. Has a high football IQ. Knows what he's doing. Numbers look incredible. You know. I think he could make it. You know. He's just. I don't know if he'll be first again. I can't guarantee that. But I can guarantee that he'll be on this list next year. Assuming he doesn't get injured. Uh, Chandler Jones, 19. I think he's one of those guys that when he was back in New England, you know, he was very, very explosive then. He still is now. He's getting a little bit older. Um... If you were to ask me, do I think he'll be around the same rank as he is now, sitting at that number two? I think he can make it. I don't think he'll be number two, though. I think next year, if he does make it, he'll be like, he'll fall to either three or four. I don't think he'll fall a lot. But I think if he does make it, he won't be number two. Um, but I think, he'll, I think he could possibly come close to it. Cameron Jordan... 
I'm actually surprised he didn't get more. Um, I think he'll make it, and I think he'll get higher. I think he'll get one or two. Uh, that's my pick. I think Cameron Jordan will get either one or two rank on that. Yeah, I think Cameron Jordan will make it. Danielle Hunter, 14 and a half. Yeah, I think he will. Um, And if he doesn't, he'll come very, very close. He's a great defensive end. Um, Obviously, he does more than just that. He obviously acts... How he plays on the field, he does a lot more than just defensive end. I uh, plays defensive back pretty pretty well. Yeah, I think he could make it, but he won't be very high on the list. Um. Yeah. And then there's T.J. Watt. Uh, he's at 14 and a half as well. He tied for tied for fourth there. Um the fact that he was a rookie and he um made it on this list is honestly pretty incredible. Um I think as the years go along he will. I'm not sure about next season. Maybe next season, if he does, I definitely think he'll make the list. I, I think he'll make the list, uh, but he'll definitely be better than he was last season. Yeah, I think he'll make the list. Last interceptions. Stephon Gilmore with six. Yes, the best corner in the league by far. Um, knows what he's doing. Incredible. His numbers are amazing. A whole bunch of... You know, I want to... I want to share with you guys his bats. How many bats he has. How many bat downs. Well, no, before I look at that. He's got 44 solo. 44 solo. Uh, what is that? Solo. 44 solo. I would imagine that's 44 solo. Like defense, like defenses, I would imagine six interceptions and twenty passes defensed. I don't know what the forty-four solo means. Um, yeah, no, but this guy really is incredible. Yeah, I think he'll make it again, and I think he'll be either a one or two. I don't I don't think he'll fall very far, but I think he will make it again. Uh Anthony Harris, Minnesota at six, ties again at six. I don't know him that well. He looks like he's pretty really he looks like he's pretty good. I think he'll come up close. Uh yeah, I think he could I think he could probably make it. Can't say a whole lot. I'm gonna leave Kind of some of those up in the air, the ones I don't really know that well. The guys I don't really pay attention to that much. Um, Tredavious White with six also. Yeah, I think he could make it. He plays exactly like Stephon Gilmore. I definitely think he could make it. Devin McCourty with five. Yep, same as Stephon Gilmore. Again, I think he'll make it.
Joe Hayden five. Maybe. But um that yeah, that's basically about it, guys. Um again not a whole lot to talk not there wasn't a whole lot to talk about, kinda just came up with something small though. Again though, if you guys want to um follow me on the social medias, Anthony McCulley main page, the Anthony McCulley podcast on Facebook. Instagram is McCulley Anthony, all lowercase. Twitter is at Anthony 1306310. Again, as at Anthony 1306310. If you guys want to quickly like and follow those, again, if you use the link anchor.fm forward slash Anthony McCulley, you can give that a quick follow and share it around. If you guys enjoyed what you guys heard and want to recommend it to someone else, please do. Would definitely appreciate that. Um, give it a review. Um, I don't know if there's a way for you guys to, but if you guys definitely could, uh, I think there's a Apple podcast that you guys can rate, that you guys can review this on and kind of rate it. If you guys could definitely do that for me, that would be great. Um, but yeah, this has been the Anthony McCoy podcast guys, and, uh, I'll see you guys next time. How's it going today, guys? It is an early one today. Currently 11 a.m. Wednesday, April 29th. I hope you guys are all doing well. Um, good morning to you all once again. Um, it has been a interesting last couple of days with the NFL draft. Um, I actually have a couple of things I wanted to get into with that. But um first of all, yeah, once again, welcome back to the show, to the Anthony McCulley podcast. Um uh, if you guys would like to know when I am uploading and stuff like that, just make sure you follow my social medias. Uh, it is Anthony McCulley on Facebook, and then also the page on Facebook is the Anthony McCulley Podcast. So if you guys wanted to quickly go over there and just give those a like and a follow and share them around, kind of get everyone to sh- see the uh, podcast on Facebook so everyone knows to go over there. Um, I often will post over there if news comes out on anything, post uh, post episodes, so, like, after episodes, if news comes out on something, obviously, it ain't gonna be in the video, so I will put it in the pod, I will put it on that page, excuse me, to, um, get it out for you guys, so that way it's out there, so if you guys want to follow that, so that way you guys always know, also, my Instagram is McCulleyAnthony, uh, my Twitter has been changed, so the new one is at the real ant. Uh, it is under the real underscore ant nineteen, uh, all lowercase. So if you guys want to go ahead and follow that as well, I will post. Um, I I would you know it's a good idea to go over there and 
share follow that and share it around because I will post on there uh, after every single episode I will post the most recent video so like after today's I'll post it on Twitter that it's out so if you guys want to also go ahead and go over there to follow it as well and share it around that would definitely be appreciated also if you use the link anchor.fm forward slash anthony dash mccully you guys can uh if i if you guys could i would definitely appreciate it if you guys could give that a follow as well uh and kind of just share it around your social medias or whatever you guys have just to kind of get it out there if you guys enjoy what you see and you guys think and listen and you're listening to and you guys think other people or your friends would like it uh, that would definitely be appreciated if you guys could follow that as well. Um, also, there's a donations tab. Uh, I kind of, I, I don't, you guys don't need to use it. I like to toss it out there just that way you guys know. But there's a donation tab on my link. Um, and the money that I would be receiving would not go directly towards me it would go towards the podcast like getting new equipment and stuff just so that way you guys know you don't, don't feel like you have to just just letting you know that it's there um okay well i guess we should just start getting into it now we do have a decent amount to talk about today i suppose uh if you will so i i wondered there's only i i kind of saw this when I was writing out the stuff I want to talk about today, uh, it's kind of messing around a little bit, and I happened to have saw this on the NBA site. I kind of it kind of caught my eye a little bit this morning. Um, so the NBA is marking May eighth as the potential date that teams can start going back to their respective facilities. Um. It just said facilities. I don't know if that... I would assume that would mean, like, their practice facilities. So, that is the designated date. Uh, As of the moment, that could always change. But as of now, that is the most... You know, as of now, that's the date that they have chosen. Uh, Adam Silver has chosen to let players and teams go back to their respective facilities. So I just wanted to quickly toss that out there as well as I saw that this morning. Um, so I guess now we get into the NFL stuff. Um, I saw something this morning. I wanted to just kind of see if I can find it again. I want to give the credit to where I saw this from, because I thought it was, I think it's pretty interesting. I think it was, I gotta find it again. So, okay. So, obviously, shout out to Tom Pellicero of ESPN, uh, excuse me, NFL Network, excuse me. Um, he reported this morning that the Texans have exercised or are planning to exercise quarterback Deshaun Watson's fifth year option 
Um, this is kind of crucial at the time because obviously, as I'm recording this, it's Wednesday, April 29th. So on May 4th is the uh, May 4th is the deadline for um. What was I gonna say? Well, yeah. So it's May fourth is the deadline to get. It doesn't exactly say. I think it's the the deadline for like getting new contracts and stuff before the new season. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. I'm not hundred percent sure, but yeah. So it goes on to say that. Watson will play the 2020 season with the base salary of $1.17 million, uh, but entering the 2021 campaign, that number will then increase to roughly $17.3 million. Um, I think that you know, I I think it's deserved for him. He obviously put up a great a great great season last year. Um he was actually in the MVP race to win MVP last season this past season. I I think that this is a well-deserved thing. 17.33 is obviously a lot or 17.3 is obviously a lot. And so I think it's definitely deserved um not not a whole lot this this upcoming year he'll be making, but he'll definitely he'll definitely uh, deserve it in twenty twenty one when it comes. So I can't wait to see because I know that if you keep giving Deshaun Watson a little bit of time, you know obviously since he's come into the league, he's made the team better. Um, they have been in the playoffs. I think that if you give him just a little bit more time, you know, not only for him to get better, but as the team as a as a whole becomes better, I think um I think they'll definitely be Super Bowl contenders. I mean, it's obviously been said in the past that they could potentially be Super Bowl favorites uh, in the coming years. So I'm excited to see what happens there. <laughs> I saw this in the news this morning. Um, now, it was updated today. But it was... Uh, this was actually said yesterday. So, Tuesday, April 28th, this was actually put out. Um, so, cornerback... Kansas City Chief cornerback Bashad Breland has been arrested on Tuesday in South Carolina on multiple charges. According to uh, New York County Sheriff's Office, he faces charges of resisting arrest and having alcohol in a motor vehicle with the seal broken, having an open container of beer or wine in a motor vehicle, possession of 28 grams or less of marijuana, or 10 grams of hash, and driving without a license. Now, I think that um, he's going to have a suspension. 
when I don't know when the league would. I mean, now obviously this case is just kind of starting, so I mean it could be anyone's guess right now. Um, I, I could see the league making a decision in the next week or so. Obviously, you have to let the investigation kind of finish up and stuff. So, I, obviously, I don't think that it'll be made anytime soon. Like I said, probably the next week or so. But definitely look for him to be suspended about four or five games or something like that. So, and obviously, he had just recently re-signed. Um, you know, earlier this April, or earlier this month on a one-year deal. So, yeah, look to, look for him to get suspended. I'll keep an eye on this and see kind of what happens. Um, I'm definitely thinking he'll probably be suspended. Um, I know that the league will punish him. I don't know if the team, the actual team is going to do any punishment. I would assume not. I mean, they could, I don't know, but, so yeah, okay, well, I guess also moving on now, uh, Jameis Winston getting a job, uh, just yesterday, I believe it was, he was signed by the Saints, I think it was yesterday, I think, hold on, Okay, yeah. So, this was also reported by Mike Triplett, so give him the credit there. Um, so, he's entering, he, he, excuse me, he's going to the New Orleans Saints after reaching a one-year deal Tuesday. So, yes, the 28th. Um, the deal has a base of a one point one million dollars, with a salary of nine hundred fifty-two thousand and a signing bonus of one hundred forty-eight thousand. He can earn up to three point four million dollars in incentives. So, obviously, that's obviously going to be pretty good. Um, I kind of, you see, I don't know. I think that, you know, I, I, I like the, I, I, I think I like it. Um, I guess I was a little hesitant just because I wasn't really sure how well of a fit that would be. Um I guess I like it because you know, you got Drew Brees. He's on the tail end of his career. He'll be done in probably a couple seasons or so. He doesn't have much left. You know, he doesn't have much time left like Jameis does. Or a Taysom Hill. Or, you know. So I like it because it gives, you know, it, it keeps the young depth you know, onto the team. Um, you don't obviously want a aging quarterback team situation. 
with him only being 26, you know, that gives the team 10 or 15 years or so with him. So that's definitely nice. I wasn't sure how I was going to really feel about him going to the Saints. I thought maybe, you know, a different team. But, you know, obviously he isn't going to start or anything. But I think he could be a good backup. You know, he gets to kind of be behind Drew Brees a little bit and stuff like that. So I definitely think in that in that sense, I think he could definitely, you know, I think he could definitely learn a lot. And so I, for that reason, I think I like it, you know, because if he's behind Drew Brees for, let's say, another two years or three years, um, which who I don't know if that'll happen because it's only a one-year deal, but let's hypothetically say for reason of argument that he gets re-signed for another two years. So he's behind essentially Drew Brees for another three years. You know, who's to say that from now till then that he couldn't become an elite quarterback? Now, I'm not saying he couldn't be. I'm saying it's always possible. Uh, he hasn't had the best start to his career. I, I guess I would say he hasn't had he hasn't had an ideal career. He hasn't had no Hall of Fame career yet by no means, by any means necessary. But um, I think that if you give him a good two or three years behind Drew Brees, I think he could become, not elite, but I think he could become better than he has been. Uh, obviously, coming into the league, he had about a couple great seasons. Um, You know, obviously winning the Heisman back in college. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that, I think it's a great move with the fact that he's behind Drew Brees, so he could definitely become better. You're learning behind a veteran, obviously, always something that you want. Obviously, that's the goal when going to a new team is that you're behind a veteran. So, yeah, I I like the deal. I'm going to keep an eye on it to see. Uh, what te- what you know the Saints are kind of thinking about him and how they think he'll do on the team. So I'm definitely going to keep an eye on that. Uh, I'm just going to say I like it. I really, really do. I think it's. I was kind of iffy on it at first. I'm. I. I think now I'm okay with it. I don't. I don't really mind it now at all, actually. So um, yeah. But again, not a whole lot on that. Just kind of wanted to toss it out there. So, okay. Moving on to the main thing, actually. So, I kind of came up with a little list of not just, not just quarterbacks. Um, I think after this I'll see. But I kind of came up with a little, bit, little list of the main, or not main, but the top some of the top prospects in this year's draft, and if I agree with where they went, and giving them a grade based on their landing spot. Now, now this is not by any means a bias at all. I'm obviously not tossing out a bias at all. I like a lot of these guys, actually. I'm... I'm I'm curious as to know what you guys think. Now, 
that's where if you guys would love to, if you guys want, you know, would want to hit me up on any of the social medias or anything to kind of, I would love to hear what you guys think about some of these picks and their landing spots, you know, some of the top guys in the draft. I would love to hear what you guys think. So if you guys would love to kind of message me or something or, you know, what something, you know, talk about the draftees and where they went, I would love to hear what you guys have to say about it. But I guess starting out now with the first one is Jake Fromm going to Buffalo. Now, I don't know, because when you look at it from a quarterback standpoint, you know, I don't, I don't want to look at it from, let's say, my point of view. I want to look at it from the coach's perspective. I want to look at, like, the GM's perspective on this. Because I guess, I guess the way I was going to say it is, isn't really necessarily accurate because... I'm not seeing it from the GM's perspective. Like obviously my I'm not a, I'm not a part of the team. So I don't essentially don't know what was going on there. Now as far as already having you know Josh Allen on Buffalo. I, you know I guess I would give this a grade a, if they didn't have Josh Allen, but I think for that, I'd give this a C. Now, I would give this a C as a grade for going there, because now this is coming from my perspective. Now, I'd give it a C because from my perspective, they've already got Josh Allen. Um... You know, he's only been in the league for a couple seasons. He's not old at all. He's still very much young. I I guess I could see it if 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 this was coming from, you know, the team already having a veteran. Josh Allen by any means is not is not a veteran at all. So, it's kind of hard for me to kind of talk about this because they don't, they didn't necessarily need him, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is they don't really need him. I honestly think it's kind of a waste. Um, now, if, if Buffalo sees it the way I'm seeing it right now, I could potentially see him being off the team in like a year or so. And I would be okay with that. I don't think he should, I don't think, I don't necessarily, I don't agree with him being the Buffalo. Now, obviously, he can't control that. But, I mean, I don't agree with Buffalo choosing him. They don't need him. They got Josh Allen. The only way I could see this, the, the only reason why I could see Buffalo picking Jake Fromm is if they want to move on from Josh Allen. You don't pick two young guys. You know, you don't pick up an, a whole new young guy out of the draft when you've already got a young guy. So that's telling me that maybe... Now, nothing has obviously come of this. But, I mean, I could potentially see that... I could definitely potentially see it as Buffalo wanting to get rid of Josh Allen. 
and to replace him with Jake Fromm. Maybe they want to have a whole new start again. Now, that's what I see the problem with Buffalo. Whenever it comes to the new draft, they're always picking up, not always, but usually they're always picking up at least one new quarterback. And it's usually one of the top guys. Now, that's the problem I see. They don't ever really let these guys kind of develop. They don't really, you know, they don't really give them time to just develop and get better and, you know, kind of fit in the system still. You know, get real used to the system to become elite and become better. Um, that seems to be Buffalo's problem a lot. And again, it's happening here with picking Jake Fromm. I honestly think this was kind of a waste of a pick for Buffalo. Um, I think they should have used this on a defensive guy or something. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, for that reason, I give it a C. I don't agree with it at all. I don't like it. Um, not much else I can really say on it, really. I just, I think it's dumb. I think it's a waste of a fucking pick. I really, really do. Uh, moving on here. Tatua. I don't know how to say his last name. I'm just going to say Tua. I really don't know how to say his last name. He went to Miami. Now, I know that I've said in the past how... Now, you can't say I was completely wrong, though. I, I did say in a past episode where I believe that because of Tua's injury during the season... uh would probably affect him in the draft and probably make him fall to two or three. I did say he'd probably be in the top five and that he was going to be within the first five picks. And he came in third. Um, now, I know I've talked about his injury in the past, you know, during this during the whole college season. That doesn't mean I hate the guy. Now, I actually don't hate the guy. I actually like him. I would give this pick... I guess I would give this an A. Because Miami does need a QB. He's a hell of a, he's a, hell of a quarterback. He really, really is. I think potentially he could become... Now, I'm not saying this with the utmost confidence. I'm saying it's possible. He could very well become the next Michael Vick. You know, he is a lefty. Uh, very versatile. Very, very quick on his feet. He is very, very mobile. Like, really mobile. For that reason, I could see him being the next Michael Vick. Now, don't, don't say that I'm saying that with the utmost confidence. I'm really, really not. I'm saying that it's possible. Um, I love this pick. I think it's a great pick for Miami. Uh, it was probably the guy that they were actually aiming for the whole time. I think with Miami, they wanted to go with this pick because they've never really had a whole lot of mobile guys. You know, they've had mobile guys, but I mean, like, they've never really had someone like Tua in a long time. You know, 
Ryan Fitzpatrick was never really mobile. He was okay. He was mediocre. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, for the longest time, he was never... He was more pocket. He was more pocket. Um, He could run if he wanted to, but that was always like a last resorted option. That was never like the first option for him to do is to run. So I would say that this is definitely a like a definite rebuild for Miami to want to pick Tua and to go mobile. I'm excited to see what he can do. I don't think I think he's young enough to where right now that injury isn't going to affect him unless of course he gets sacked and he lands on I believe it was his shoulder, was it? I think it was his shoulder that he hurt. Uh, unless he lands on his shoulder or something and gets hurt again. Then, you know, as he gets older, that could affect him if it gets any worse. But, yeah, I definitely give this an A. I, I like the pick. Um, Moving on here, Jalen Hurts to Philly. Now, again, this kind of goes back to when I was talking about Jake Fromm going to Buffalo. It's kind of the same situation. Philly has Carson Wentz already. Uh... But this is a little bit different than that. A little bit different than that. Now, Carson Wentz by no means is a veteran, but he's more of a veteran than, let's say, Josh Allen for Buffalo for it for Jake Fromm. Um. Now, obviously, Carson Wentz is a little bit more of a veteran than. Josh Allen would be, but he's still not necessarily a veteran, but he's more of a veteran than Josh Allen is. So for that reason, I think that Jalen Hurts is learning behind a a pretty good quarterback. Uh, I guess what's stopping me from saying that he's elite, and I wouldn't go as far as to say he's elite, I guess what's, I guess what's holding me back from calling him a great quarterback is... Just all the injuries. Um, I think he's kind of, you know, with the injuries, I think he's kind of, fa- I think he's kind of falling into the place of Aaron Rodgers. You know, at least every single season, he gets hurt at least once every year. And it doesn't, and not saying like it's always the same, it's always the same injury from the past, but it sometimes is. It's just every year, it's at least one injury. Um... I guess the grade I would give this is a B. I'd give this a B. I think it's okay. It's not the greatest pick Philly could have had. Um, you know, it's not bad, but it's not the best. You know, it could be better. I don't really... I guess I don't really, I don't mind the pick. Let me say that. I don't mind it. I don't think it was their greatest pick. They could have definitely got something a little bit, you know, a little bit better. But I think what made Philly do this is the fact that, you know, I think they're looking at it from a long-term perspective. 
from the perspective of they know Carson Wentz is usually getting hurt every year. Um, I think they're looking at it from the perspective of, hey, you know, we know that something happens to Carson Wentz almost every single year. We'd hate to kind of lose him, you know, and fuck ourselves over during the season. Because uh, obviously, you know, he goes down like he did, you know, and, and, uh, Why can't I think of his name? Um, Nick Foles had to come in to replace him when they won Super Bowl Fifty Two. Now, obviously, like the way he, now obviously, like the way he went down like that. Assuming they didn't have Nick Foles, you know, if they didn't have Nick Foles, they would have been fucked. I mean, they would have fucked themselves. So I think they're looking at it from that perspective. That. You know, they don't want that to potentially happen as it's almost happened before. So I think for that reason, they went ahead and picked Jalen Hurts because in case something does happen, they have Jalen Hurts as a backup, and that's not a bad backup at all to have. Uh, Obviously, with Nick Foles being gone, obviously they can't just put Nick Foles in. So as he went to Jacksonville. Now, I think, I, I, I guess I'd give this a B, you know, like I said. So, Joe, Joe Burrow to Cincy. I give this an A. They need a quarterback. Um, now, th- okay. Do I think he'll be a repeat of Andy Dalton? Now, obviously, he's had a mediocre season. He's like Jameis Winston a little bit. He hasn't had an ideal career. He's had a mediocre career. He's had a mediocre career. He's he's had a few great years in him. Um, He was never elite. He was never the greatest quarterback. I think Joe Burrow at some point could top Andy Dalton. I'm not saying in his first year he will. I'm saying eventually he probably could, uh, potentially. So for that reason, I think that this is a great pick, and they need one anyway. I I can't wait to see how what Joe Burrow does for Cincy. I don't know if you know. Obviously, not one guy is going to turn the team around, but I think that Joe Burrow, if you're looking, if you're looking to rebuild your team, you know, Joe Burrow is definitely a great place to start. Excuse me. But Joe Burrow is definitely a great place to start if you're looking to replace your whole team. You know, and with picking Joe Burrow, the nice thing for Cincinnati is, you know, what the hell do they have to lose? They had a shit season last year. What do they really have to lose going into this year picking Joe Burrow? So for that reason, I believe that, you know, they definitely made a great choice. And for that, I give this an A. Jeff Okuda, cornerback to the Lions. I love this pick. I do. I, I give this an A as well. Um, They've never really had... I think Jeff Okuda... Now, 
See, the thing about Detroit is they've never really had a great defense. I think since, um, I think ever since, you know, Matt Patricia came from New England to Detroit to be their head coach. Obviously, Matt Patricia in New England was a defensive coordinator. So I think ever since Matt Patricia came to the Lions as a head coach, I think that since then, Detroit's defense has been phenomenal. I think it's been great, better than it ever has been. Because he was a defensive coach, he knows how to build a defense. So he, that was like one of the first things he's ever, he did when he came to Detroit was to fix up their defense. And I think, you know, it's, it hasn't been great since. By no means has it been great. But it's been better than years past. Their numbers have been a lot better. So for that, I, I would give this an A. Um, just adding to that defense, I think Jeff Okuda was a great pick. You know, obviously a great corner. Yeah, so not a whole lot for me to say, but just that he's an A. I give this an A, and that I just think it's an overall great pick. You know, like I said, they've always... They, they, and, they, and they could use getting new cornerbacks. So I think for a team like Detroit, this is a great pick. Jalen Rieger, wide receiver to Philly. I give this I give this an A, I guess. No. No, you know what? I think I give this a B actually. Excuse me. I give this a B because Well, hold on. No, I guess an A because you know. Yeah, I'll give it an A, why not? I give this an A. And for that reason is because yeah, they've already got wide receivers, but I give this an A because he kind of reminds me a little bit of kind of a Chris Hogan a little bit, I would definitely kind of say. Um, I be, You know, he's definitely like uh, a deep route receiver. You know, he can really like... He can really like run up that field, and it's just that Philly's also never really had. They've never really had elite wide receivers. I would say that the group they have now is kind of elite, I guess. But it wasn't for a long time. But I would definitely say it's kind of well, not. I guess not elite, but like great. I I definitely say it's great. Um. But yeah, I would say that for the fact that Philly's always kind of had a deep threat kind of wide receiver core, I would definitely say that for that reason, this is a great pick. And for that, I give this an A. And overall, just to kind of reshape their wide receiver core as their group is getting a little bit older every year, to go young every once in a while is not bad. So for that, I give this an A. Jacob Eason to Indianapolis. Um, I guess I'll give this an A as well. 
they they do need a quarterback. Um, I guess Jacoby Brissett. He's not necessarily a, a veteran by any means. Um, but to these young guys, he definitely probably is. I like the pick. I give this an A. You know, I was thinking of, you know, I was thinking possibly Jacob Eason to New England. Um, it was either, it was, for me, it was actually either Jake Fromm or Jacob Eason to New England. So I was really kind of sad when Jacob Eason went to Indy, but I do think that this is a great pick. You know, Jacoby Brissett obviously still has his great seasons. You know, this past year was one of his better seasons. This was definitely a better season for him. So I definitely think that was good. Um, you know, Jacob Eason it, could definitely learn behind Jacoby Brissett. I think that, you know, you give him a couple years behind him, this could definitely turn into a, an elite quarterback. He definitely could. Um, Yeah, so I think that, you know, it's definitely awesome. He, um... I think Jacob Eason is a, you know, he's obviously, I, I believe he's a pocket quarterback. So, I believe that, I think that's why Indy kind of picked him, because they know that he could be a great pocket quarterback, and for that reason, I think he could definitely, you know, learn pretty quick behind Jacoby Brissett, being a pocket quarterback himself. So, yeah, I give this an A. Uh, moving on, and actually the last one I have, Kyle Duger to New England, wide receiver. Or, excuse me, cornerback. I, I, I love this pick. I give this an A. Now, I'm not just saying this because New England's my favorite team. Now, I love this pick because, you know, New England's cornerback core, obviously, being Stephon Gilmore, um... Jonathan Jones, you know, J.C. Jackson. I'm just trying to think of them on the top of my head. You know, this is a great group of guys to be with. Um, oh, and Jason McCourty. I think with these group of guys, Kyle Duger and, you know, and the coaching staff in general, he'll definitely become an elite guy. Uh, I'm excited to see what he'll do. Excuse me. I'm excited to see what he'll bring to New England. I'm excited to have this guy on the team. He kind of reminds me a little bit of... Should I see Malcolm Butler being kind of on the shorter side for a cornerback? I know that New England's always kind of had shorter cornerbacks. They've never really had real tall guys. They've always kind of had like shorter guys on, you know... Being for the cornerback position. I don't... I love this pick. I think that, you know, New England also kind of needed a cornerback as well. And I, I just overall liked New England's picks in general. You know, being... Oh, no, excuse me. Cornerback, I meant wide receiver, I guess. Oh, wait, no. Hold on. I'm confusing myself. 
cornerback, not even a cornerback, a safety, actually. I don't know why I got that confused. It is so early in the morning, so my brain's not completely working. A safety. But either way, you know, I may not, you know, obviously not cornerback now. My bad. I don't know why I even said that. But he, you know, I guess even for a safety, that is still kind of, you know, for New England, that is still kind of on the shorter side for them. <coughs> but, you know, he's definitely, like, going to be a great fit for New England, being on, you know, for a safety. New England's safeties are kind of a, getting a little bit older, too. Obviously, they lost Duran Duran Harmon, so this is probably going to be his replacement. So for that, I also give this an A. Um, but yeah, that's all I really got today, guys. Um, I hope you all have an amazing day again. This has been the Anthony McCulley podcast. If you guys would also like to talk to me or message me about whatever we talked about today, feel free to. Again, Anthony McCulley on Facebook and the Anthony McCulley Facebook page. Um, message me on either. Um, McCulley Anthony on Facebook. The real underscore ant nineteen on Twitter, and um yeah, so again I hope you guys all have a great day. Um, I will again I will. Uh, I will be posting on the Facebook page for the podcast on some of the things I was going to talk about. Oh, I'm going to keep on, I'm going to look into, keep an eye on the whole NBA May 8th deadline thing, definitely. And, uh, yeah, and the whole Bashad Breedland case, I will also keep an eye on to see what will potentially happen. But, yeah, again, guys, thank you very much for listening. This has been the Anthony McCulley Podcast, and see you guys later.